How many of you feel like fall is rushing by? Anybody else? Yeah, it's just like, here it is. This is uh, the last Sunday in October, and uh, it feels like it's been raining for about 40 days straight, but here we are, 59 days till Christmas. Some, some people love to give gifts. Who, who loves to give gifts? Okay, I want to, can you get their names? Keep your hands up. I'm going to put my birthday up on the screen right now. <laughs> How many of you love to receive gifts? How many of you could care less unless you bought it? Yeah. yeah. I'm not naturally a gift giver of material things. Uh, in our family, there's, uh, we talk about this idea of that there are different love languages, uh, you know, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, all these things, about five of them. Uh, my wife has all of them, so it's true, except the one that's important to me. See, I, my love language is acts of service. Because you can give me a gift to try and buy me off. You can do all kinds of stuff. Spend time with me so you can get something from me. I don't know. But if you do something for me, I'm paying attention. Right? So you can talk about how good it is. to. You can buy new dishes. But it, when you load the dishwasher, I'm noticing. It's gifts. That's my love language, my gift. I'll, I'll give my time. I'll give my service. And I'll even give financially. I've had to learn how to give because I live with somebody who loves to give and loves to receive, I may note as well. My grandmother was somebody who, uh, she loved to give me uh, ice cream. My grandmother lived with us at various times, uh, at one, usually about three to six months a year in her uh, last few years before she passed away. And you would be sitting there almost at any time of the day, morning, noon, or night, and she would say, hey, I would like to get you some ice cream. I was like, that's fantastic, Grandma. She says, but you have to take me to Dairy Queen. So there was always a case. I'll give to you, but you got to take me to Dairy Queen. And she could not drive anymore, but she knew where to find a Dairy Queen within a long, long, many, many miles away. She loved to gift me with ice cream. But really, there we are. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, Christmas gifts are hard in our home for my family to buy for me. This is what usually happens. They buy something for me that they thought I would never guess. And I go... It's this. And inevitably, the youngest child will go, ah, how'd you know? I w <laughs> and the rest of them are ready to throw things at her because you try to keep the suspense going a little bit. But honestly, I guess the gifts most of the time. It's really fun to watch everybody squirm as it, as it comes. If I don't guess it, you probably shouldn't have bought it for me. Just want to say. <laughs> I know somebody in my extended family uh, that always has had a challenge buying for his spouse. And so there came a time where his wife would give him a list of things and he would ignore it and buy something totally off the list. Didn't you know you wanted a stapler? Like, it was amazing. It was on sale. So eventually, he, he was going off the list so often that eventually she started buying her own gift, wrapping it, putting her name on the to and his name on the from, and he was the one surprised on Christmas morning. <laughs> There's some men who need to take advantage of that in their life. You just go by, well, maybe not. That could be a dangerous thing to do. How many of us could use a gift in some areas of our lives? You know, one of the greatest gift givers is, is God himself. How many of us wish that someone would gift us with the ability to overcome a complex issue that we're facing in our workplace? How many of us would say, I need the gift of family reconciliation 
in my family and in my extended family beyond me? How many of us have wanted to overcome issues that affect our lives? And we need a gift to be able to do that because we seem to have tried everything else. How many of us just wished that we had the gift of healing flowing a lot more in our life? How many of us would love to see the gift of miracles flowing in a greater dimension in our church, in our lives, and in our city? You could have said, yeah, I like that, Pastor. I would like that gift to flow a lot more. How many of us would love to see the impossible become possible, the gift of answers for our culture that is, has so much confusion in it in so many areas, uh, a gift of answers for the problem of trafficking of humans. And you might have seen it even this week in, in the UK where they found a trailer filled with 39 people that have been trafficked and all perished inside that little trailer that they've been drug all over Europe in. We need the answers. We need the gift of answers for gangs in our city. We need the gift of answers for homelessness in our city. And God gives salvation to those who ask. God gives wisdom to those who ask. And, he, and the Holy Spirit, who God gives to us, also has a lot of gifts that he gives to us. And as we've talked over the last little while, we've talked about Holy Spirit, and we've talked about our need for the Holy Spirit, that he would empower us to be his witnesses. Daniel spoke last week as well and about the power of the Holy Spirit, that we need the fullness of the Holy Spirit in every area of our life. He showed us how Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He showed us how that the Holy Spirit talks in a way that, that our culture can understand. How the Holy Spirit is the one that can fill us and give us exactly what we need and our culture needs and our family needs and our lives need. We need the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would open our hearts to receive our minds to understand. Lord, help me to communicate what's on your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus ministered in the power of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we read things that Jesus did in the Bible. Uh, you can read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are eyewitness accounts of what Jesus did, where they observed him healing people. They observed Jesus setting people free. They observed Jesus doing incredible things in all kinds of ways. He would reach into, I love how Jesus was, was called the friends of, friend of sinners because he would reach out and reconcile and bring the outsider as an insider. He saw the people that everybody else had written off and said that there's a place for you, that, that his gospel was wide. He said, whosoever will may come. That's how Jesus moved and flowed and saw incredible things happen. And some Sometimes we look at those and say, but that was Jesus. But Jesus ministered as a man full of the Holy Spirit. In one place uh, the, in, the, in the scriptures, Jesus, it talks about him where he laid aside his attributes as God and functioned as a man full of the Holy Spirit. In other words, what he did, we can do. What he, what he said uh, for us to do, he's empowering us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was, he was uh, as he moved, we can move. As, we, as he prayed, we can pray. And he was not super weird. He was supernatural. And I think so often in our culture, when we talk about Holy Spirit, I've been banging this drum because I think it's more and more relevant that the Holy Spirit is not super weird. Sometimes we are, but he is supernatural. It does not mean that you will understand everything because super means above. He operates on a plane that we don't always understand, but he is not super weird. He is supernatural. And Jesus flowed in Luke uh, chapter four. This is what was said of Jesus. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He's on me because, 
And everywhere that it's underlined, I want you to say that with me. Because it tells us what the Holy Spirit has come to do. As he did it in Jesus, Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is the mandate from, from heaven for you. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach. Okay, let's try that again. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. It's a picture of a church moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, at one time, everybody viewed God as out there, some, somewhere who created the universe and he's doing his thing and making sure planets don't collide, but he's really not uh, interested in our life. And then God came in the person of Jesus Christ and the God who was out there came near. And then Jesus ascended and went back to heaven and left us the Holy Spirit. The God who was far off came near and now can live in here. And so the God who was once outside was once near is now in here here. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit, as Naomi said earlier, that raised Christ from the dead can live in you. In other words, the impossible can become possible for you. Areas that have been written off by you can be written in again. Areas that seemed impossible for you can become possible. Areas where you need a miracle can, uh, can happen for your life. And that's the power in the story of the gospel, that the church should be a place of good news. Can you throw that scripture back up there, please? A place of good news, a good news to the poor, good news to the vulnerable, good news to the outcast, good news to the one who's failed, good news to the one who has no answer, good news to the one who's overcome, good news to the one who, who finds themselves uh, underneath the bottom, looking up to the bottom. Good news. That's what the Holy Spirit, wouldn't it be great to have a church that was full of good news. Good news. That's what the Holy Spirit's about. He's a, I would love to be a part of a church that sees captives set free. Whatever power held you captive can be made a captive. Whatever thing has held you can be held by the power of Jesus. Whatever thing is holding you back, that Jesus can set you free from it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, that he has come to set captives free. If you're under the power of the addiction to pornography, you can be free. If you're under the power of anxiety that's debilitating to you, you can be free. If you're under things that seem to be ordering your life, you can be free. That's the power of the good news of the gospel in through Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God moving. And I would love this. I would love to see a church be a place of miracles that we will contend for and believe for and pray for even when we see, I don't know why it didn't work the way I thought it would be, but that there would be a miraculous power that more often than not that we see people that are in desperate situations with de debilitating diseases, that they would be set free in a moment, that they would be healed in a moment, that the miraculous would become more regular in our church and in our life because that's what Jesus came to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's empowering us to do through the power of the Holy Spirit. He came to bring liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. The miraculous is possible for us. I believe that there's a, 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 a natural part to that, that the 
affecting our natural, but there are some people who need new perspectives. There are some people who need fresh vision. There are some people who need to believe again that God could use you, that God has a plan for your life, that God has a purpose for your life, that it's not over no matter how much it seems like it's over. A place where oppression is broken, broken by the power of the Spirit of God. I'm believing again that that could be in our day and in our time, that depression could be defeated, that anxiety can be annihilated, that uh, frustration can be frustrated, that systems of oppression that are built into our culture can be brought down by the power of the Holy Spirit moving in and through his people. Why not here? Why not now? Why not through the power of the Holy Spirit? And that we would live under the expectation of God's favor on our life. Because some of us believe always for the worst. You say, well, that's what's happened in my life. But because of the Spirit of God, I can begin to believe that was impossible in another time could be possible in my time. That my family might have walked a certain way all their life, might have struggled with this and this and this and this, and I've come into this new life in Jesus, and I say, I'm just thankful that God saved me. That's the beginning of the story, that God would do something through the power of the Holy Spirit working in me, that I could live a life of favor, that I go into situations not expecting uh, everything's going to be destroyed around me. Going out to my car expecting a flat tire. Say, well, that's what life is. Going out expecting my family to blow up. Going out. No, I'm going to say, God, your favor is on my life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't mean that every day everything works out the way that I thought it. But because of God's favor, even bad things can be turned around for God's good. Even evil can be turned around by God for good. That's the kind of church that I want to be in. That's the kind of church that I want to contend for. That's the kind of church I want to believe for. Because the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that was in Jesus, can live in me. Why not me? Why not now? Because in the early church, as people were filled with and baptized in the Holy Spirit after coming to know Jesus, men and women were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Men and women were vitally used by God. And I know that there's some in, in church circles that would say women have a secondary place, that women are sideline people. But let me tell you in this house that women have a part to play that's equal to every man in the house, that women are anointed of God, that women can preach, that women can proclaim, women can prophesy, women can lay hands on the sick and they will recover, that God has an equal place for men and for women. They're not secondary, under subjugated. That might be in some other place. It's not in this place. Women and men with boldness, with miracles, with prophetic words. Women and men speaking in tongues. Women and men deliverance from evil. Women and men signs and wonders. Women and men prophetic words are given. Families were changed. Cities were filled with joy. The kingdom of God's love and kindness was displayed in advance all through the early church. Why not here? Why not now? I want a, more of the Holy Spirit. What would it look like if our church lived like that? What would it look like if the church of Metro Vancouver lived like that? I think the political world would look a little different. I think the educational world would look a little different. I think the business world would look a little different. I think even the environment would look a little different. We still need the Holy Spirit. We still need the Holy Spirit to live for God.
We still need the Holy Spirit to overcome evil in our city. We still need the Holy Spirit to see addiction broken. We still need the Holy Spirit to live outside of our apathetic Western culture that says, I've got it all together. We still need the Holy Spirit even when we've got our bank account fat. We still need the Holy Spirit because money will never give you purpose. Money is a terrible taskmaster. Uh, we will not allow that the love of money runs our life, that, but that the love of God will lead our life. Uh, I'm, I'm not against money in any way, shape, or form, but sometimes we pursue money at the expense of pursuing God. Sometimes we love money when we're supposed to love God and use money, and we get that reversed. That series is coming. We need the Holy Spirit to find ways to destroy human trafficking in our, in our nation. It's not right that 39 people, and that, that story could be repeated again and again. That's the one we heard. 39 people would die in the back of a truck because they were looking for a better life. It's not right. It's not right that young women in our city get trafficked and forced into sex slavery because they're vulnerable. It's not right. We need the power of the Holy Spirit that would move us beyond our spot, our comfort zone, our own ability and say, God, I don't know how you could do it, but God, would you use me? Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Holy Spirit, would you move in my life? Holy Spirit, would you move in our church? Holy Spirit, would you move in our city? We need you more than we ever have before. You may or may not have even seen on the news uh, this week in the United States where a seven-year-old little, I believe it's a little boy, uh, the family is split up and the, and the mother is wanting this boy who's uh, to express himself as a girl and she's wanting to get hormone therapy for him at seven years old to change his gender in, in the, through that means. And the father's fighting for that. I would never have thought for a day that a seven-year-old child would be used as a pawn in the culture wars of our, of our nation. But I will stand for, for people who are going through identity issues and don't know their way forward. I will stand with them. I will love them. I will walk with them. And at the same time, I will say there are certain things that little children should not have to be subjected to. So those are two different topics. Don't come to me and say you don't have uh, compassion for people with gender dysphoria. I absolutely do. I don't understand all the nuances of it, but I know that people, all of us, have issues that need somebody to love us through. All of us have something that needs somebody to stand us through. How do we move in Holy Spirit power? Because when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, you do have an ability to speak in tongues, but it's so, so much more than that. We believe it all. We believe in, in speaking in tongues. We believe in the prophetic. We believe in healing. We believe in miracles. And we're going to continue to press in for all that God has for us. It might look a little different. It might feel a little different. But I want supernatural, not super weird. But I do want supernatural. And we're going to move into... Uh, in 1 Corinthians, where Paul talks to, Paul was one of the followers of Jesus who had an encounter with God, uh, really a supernatural encounter that forever altered his life. And I know some of you have had that in the room today and at different times in your life where you've had a supernatural encounter with, with Jesus. And Paul had that, and he went, on to, he went from being the greatest hater of Christians, persecuting them, throwing them into jail, doing all that kind of stuff, killing them, hunting them down. He went from that to being one of the greatest lovers of Jesus who, who uh, started churches, preached the gospel all over the known world at that time, wrote more than half of the New Testament. And here he is, and he's dealing with a church in Corinth, and this was a church that uh, loved 
the gifts of the Spirit and also got a little crazy with it, got a little super weird with it. And people were elevating themselves, using their gifts like, I'm the man, I'm the great one because I have this gift and I'm flowing in this way, or using it to push other people down or elevate themselves or do weird things or gather people to themselves. And so Paul uh, wrote in, in particularly in three different chapters in, Cor in the First Corinthians that we're going to refer to right now about how it works in moving with the Holy Spirit. And please, I'm not going to preach the whole gospel around uh, spiritual gifts. I'm going to hit some highlights, and there are other places where we teach on that as well. So trying to hit some highlights. First Corinthians 12, they're up there. Now to each, verse 1 actually says this before we get to there. Now about the gifts of, of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, he says. Because when you're uninformed, how many of you, when you weren't informed well, made a bad decision? You didn't know the full implications. Like you weren't aware that there was a stop sign and you just whoosh, right through. We were, in a, we were on vacation once and I, I was driving along and I was kind of lost. And I was coming to an intersection and I was looking around and I just whoosh, right through it. The people who were in the back seats were like, Craig, did you just see that stop sign? I was like, nope, did not. I'll stop twice next time. I was uninformed that there was a stop sign there and did something dumb. And thankfully, I did not die, which was, would have been bad. But now there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them all. Now to each one, each one, everybody say, that's me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, to each one, the manifestation or the evidence of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom Another, a message of knowledge, by, and I'm going to just jump through this so you can follow along. To another, faith. To another, gifts of healing. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All the things. All these are the works of one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. Now, we'll go on to the next chapter. So He talks about all these different gifts, and then He says, here's how they're to work. It's not about you. It's not about how well you, uh, how, how amazing you are, or how strong you are. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, in other words, if I use these gifts, but I don't have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. You're not bringing anything pleasant into anybody's life at that moment is what it's saying. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries, all knowledge, and I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love. Because sometimes we elevate mysteries and knowledge and faith and forget that everything must flow through love. If I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. In other words, it doesn't matter a bit if you're hateful, spiteful, and have a terrible character flowing when the gifts. It's absolutely, we're going to talk about gifts or uh, fruit next week, fruit of the Spirit, but right now, let it be clear that it always flows through love. And then finally, 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, follow the way of love and eagerly desire 
the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Eagerly desire. Some people say, oh, you should just want God, and if he wants to give you a gift, yes, you should just want God. But it also says, I want all that God has for me. I want every gift to flow through my life because I come into situations that I have no idea of what to do. I am facing issues that I don't have an answer for, so I'll say, God, help me. I need a gift from heaven right now that I have never operated in. I've never walked in, but I'm asking right now. I'm Hello, I'm here again. Yes, it's Craig, and I am really dumb, so please give me some wisdom right now. Uh, I'm facing a situation where I have no clue on the answer, and I need your help. And God delights to give to those that ask, eagerly desire. So real quick, some things. I'm going to put up a bunch of things about gifts, and you can take a photo of it, or you can do whatever you like to do right now, write it down. But first of all, everybody get a gift. There's... I'll have an Oprah moment. One for you. You get a gift. You get a gift. You get a gift. We all do get a gift. Gifts, though, are always for others. It's not for you to become and build a worldwide ministry on I am amazing for you could, but always your gifts are for others, to bless others, for the common good. Not to elevate you, but to elevate others. Not to lift yourself up, but to lift somebody else up. Not to help you only, but to help somebody else. Gifts are given, not earned. If you earn something, is it a gift? It's wages. It's what you were due. But God gives gifts. He gives gifts to you. Gifts function in community. This helps them from, uh, or stops them, or at least slows them from getting weird. Because when you get weird and you're in community, everybody knows. You might be the last to know, but everybody knows. And so community helps us to avoid weirdness. Gifts are motivated by love. We already talked about that. Gifts can be asked for. I need to ask for it more all the time. And g gifts flow with order. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But in other words, not everybody doing their own thing all at once. And as I talk about these gifts, the Holy Spirit gifts us so that he can transform the world through us. The Holy Spirit gifts us so, we, so that he can transform the world through us. All the gifts are to flow for others. I want to think about it. What would it look like in my life if I allowed the fullness of the Holy Spirit first in my life first? What would it look like through my life if I flowed like that through the power of the Holy Spirit? Real answers for real people. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves and say, well, Craig, you know, I've had a bad past or I've had some issues before and uh, I don't think God really wants to use me. This is the wonderful thing about grace. Grace is empowering you to live differently. Grace doesn't have a, keep a record of wrong. Love doesn't keep a record of wrong. I repent. God uses me. God, God uses me when I'm at my best. He uses me when I don't feel and I'm at the lowest. He uses me in everything in between. The Holy Spirit is absolutely incredible. It's not a, a reward. Like, I've been a Christian for 47 years, and I'm moving in the gifts of the Spirit. Fantastic. You can be a Christian for 47 seconds, and because of of the Holy Spirit move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's not a reward. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not after 19 years of church and, and 700 classes and then ah, finally I can move. No. Everybody who's a follower of Jesus Christ can move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Word of wisdom. Where you need real answers for real issues. I think they're all going to be up there. No, they're not. None of them because I didn't make a thing for it. So that's fine. Words of knowledge. 
That's where you have wisdom, information that you have no business knowing about somebody else, but God whispers it into you, and you're able to speak into it. In our house, in this environment right here, there was one time where Shanda had a word of knowledge about somebody having some issues in their esophagus. I was like, I don't even know if you know how to spell that, Shanda, but here you are saying, I think there's somebody in a room that has uh, issues with their esophagus. And we prayed for him. And at the end of the service, a man came who still had his hospital band on. He had just gotten a couple hour pass out of the hospital and someone told him to go get a, uh, go to Horizon Church if you want someone to pray for you. He is not a follower of Jesus. And, we ta- and he came up to the front and said, I'm the guy with the esophagus. I, had, I have an issue here. I don't know if I will survive. So we prayed for him for that. And then we asked him, do you know Jesus as the forgiver and leader of your life? No. Would you like to? Yes. And we led him to know and surrender his life to Jesus. Now, just before you go, yes, probably some quack. This guy is a businessman. He's a published author. He is a high-level, high-capacity person who had a need that the doctors could not answer, who had, a, had an issue that needed an answer from heaven. And sometimes a word of knowledge will come and speak to a situation so we can always point people to Jesus. It's not weird. Supernatural. Faith, the strong belief in and moving on what God has revealed to you despite the circumstances. Often it flows with miracles where you just know that you know that you know God drops something in you and you're like, you have the gift of faith to believe for something. Then there's the gift of healing, where healing of the mind, the body, and emotions, where a touch of God can supernaturally activate the process and bring healing to you. Then there's a gift of miracles, where unusual things, deliverance from evil things, miraculous, instantaneous healings, where we had a young man here a number, maybe two years ago or so, that had was born with a big chunk of his heart missing and was on the list of, um, I'm trying to think of it, Make-A-Wish Foundation because he was, going, he was not going to live. And so they, through a whole process, been medically verified that here it was, was that he was actually got the rest of his heart grew in. After we had been praying and asking God for a miracle, had gone from like half a heart to the rest of his heart. They had all the scans. They thought it was somebody else's heart, but then they verified that it was his heart that had been absolutely put together by God. An absolute miracle. I need more of the Holy Spirit. Then the gift of prophecy, which is simply edification, exhortation, and comfort, speaking life into people who are discouraged, speaking hope to people that are hopeless, bringing the Word of God to help us in our particular situation. Because sometimes we don't know what to do, but God always knows what to do. Discernment, the supernatural ability to discern false or true in a moment. There's some people that are on our uh, volunteer team. They call this their spidey sense. It's not actually the spidey sense, but it's just that sense that they feel like, whoa, something is not right here. And as we pray and we ask God to lead us into the clarity of what it is, and he gives us discernment in the moment. Speaking in tongues, where that can be speaking in another language, known or unknown. In the summer, we had a group of people praying who, uh, who are from another nation, and they were here praying for our uh, youth in camp, and they were praying in tongues, and we believe this. But suddenly, they were from, and I'll, I, it'll be confusion if I don't say it. They were from Korea. They were praying in tongues. And then suddenly over here, some other people who are from another nation that speak Spanish heard them speaking Spanish. 
Now, these Korean people are just learning English. They know Korean, but they don't know Spanish. But the Spanish people over here are saying, you're praying in my language. How does that happen? I don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. And he prays things, and they were praying very particular things in another language that God only can do. So I've seen it happen. And in, then the interpretation of tongues, where you convey in your language the message that God supernaturally gave. Now, here's three little safety checks for moving in spiritual gifts. Because we want to move in them, not extremes, not quenching, not shutting down, but some safety valves. Safety valve is just, uh, you, if you have it in a steam thing, that, like a boiler that has a little valve that will let off some pressure uh, so that the thing doesn't blow up, we need that as well. And that's this. Number one is the safety of Scripture. Every additional revelation or thing, first of all, uh, does not compromise Scripture. It's a different type. The Bible is the riverbank for the flow of the anointing. The Bible marks the, the boundary lines of how we move and flow. If you say, well, I, I feel like I'm going to do this, and it's something strange. I'm going to fly through the night without an airplane, and then I'm going to drop in here, and I'm going to do that. Some of the things are actually in Scripture that are supernatural. And then there's other things that are just out of a mental illness. I don't try not to be funny. Like, I've heard it all. I told If you want to hear some of them, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I talked about some of them. Now, there, let me say it this way in a very more practical way. The Bible is always a filter to what you think you hear from God. You could be a young person and you think, well, I'm a Christian, but I want to marry a non-Christian. And you say, I think that's what God's saying. And you can read the Bible and you don't have to even hear from God because the Bible, uh, you don't need to hear from God, especially for you, because the Bible already talks about that and says that it's not, it shouldn't happen. And so you don't have, that's the filter that we move through. And if you hear somebody in here start suddenly saying that they're the new Messiah and to move into a little house with no windows and grab guns and stockpile food. That's not God. That's something else. It's not God. Okay? The Scripture, the safety of Scripture, the safety of community. We see in part, we prophesy in part. Uh, in part. None of us know everything. None of us are infallible. None of us are above the scrutiny of community. We need each other. If someone's going to be weird and use spiritual gifts inappropriately, we will know it's always about the common good. It's always about helping other people. It's always about helping the church move forward. And th finally, the safety of training. We teach people how to flow in the gifts. We teach parameters. We teach hearing God class. We teach growing in the prophetic. We take you through a set free retreat where you can deal with the issues of your life and get free in God. And we give opportunities to practice and flow in the gifts because we want this to be a safe place where crazy people, manipulative people, people who have agendas are not going to be allowed to hurt people. This is going to be a safe house that flows in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to err on the side of keeping our people safe from people who we don't know doing, people, doing things that we don't believe are God. That's what the mandate of Shanda and I and our leadership is, is to provide a safe place where people can encounter the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we'll explain it. On Sunday, it will look very different than if you went on a Tuesday night to a, our corporate prayer time. It's a little more free there, and you'll get to flow a little bit more there. You'll get to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit a whole lot more because it's a little smaller, and the time is set aside for that. We're Sunday. We're limited by time. We're limited by that there's 30, there's around, last week there was 111 kids all over the building and people are caring for them we want them to continue to care for them not abandon their post because we're here still at three o'clock because you know your kid 
Just saying. So we can only do so much on, on Sunday morning, but we have team nights where we, move, uh, we make time for moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have prayer ministry times. We have pre-service prayer. We have small groups. We have team meetings. We have youth camps. We have kids camps. We have t- before service. We have after service. We have small groups, and we have all kinds of things. And wherever we have, our, our contention is that we will not be weird in the flowing of the Holy Spirit. We will allow the supernatural to happen, and when, we, uh, when there's someone new, we will explain what's happening to the best of our ability and say, and always give people an out. Well, blah, 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 blah. Does that make sense to you? No. Okay, throw it away. Because it's been used to manipulate people before. I feel like God's calling me to marry you. I feel like you're supposed to come in and quit your job and move over here. Well, God hasn't told me, but you better do it because I heard from God. Well, I didn't hear from God. You need to, like, go to the prophetic class because that's not right. The more, But what's it all about? Acts 1.8 says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The bottom line is that the Holy Spirit gifts us so he can transform the world through us. In a culture where there's so much identity confusion, we still need the Holy Spirit. In a culture that has so much hate, we need the Holy Spirit. In a culture where so many people are far from God, we need the Holy Spirit. In a culture where people are trafficked and dying, we still need the Holy Spirit. In a culture where students are looking for answers for the questions of their life, we need the Holy Spirit. In families that are broken, we need the Holy Spirit. In marriages that are hanging by a thread, we need the Holy Spirit. In culture that is, puts money and work above purpose and meaning, we need the Holy Spirit. In a culture that, where addiction is breaking and tearing apart uh, families, and I'm not tra- talking just about uh, addiction to chemical things, but to pornography, to uh, food, to fear, to all kinds of things. Things. But when our culture looks more and more like Rome, we need a church that looks more and more like the book of Acts. He gifts us so that he can transform the world through us. A church that sees favor released, freedom found, oppression lifted, miracles happening, good news being proclaimed will always be relevant. The packaging is important and that's why this is, will not be 1948 or 1978 or 1994 because the world has changed and God always contextualizes the moving of the Holy Spirit to the culture so that it can be received. He has a key for our culture. The poor being lifted, the sick being loved, the homeless being housed, the addicts set free. We need the power of the Holy Spirit.